You're listening to the New Hope Church Podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in. Today's talk comes from Zach Killy. My name is Zach. I'm one of the pastors here at New Hope. And uh, today we're talking through our current series. We just started it last week on Family Sunday. Uh, it's called Wisdom. It's walking through the book of Proverbs. Um, Randy, in 10 minutes, did something great. He uh, laid out an awesome uh, outline, the structure of Proverbs. He kind of talked about what Proverbs is. Um, I want to talk about more of the how and the why of Proverbs, kind of the heart behind Proverbs. And I think the best way to do that is to look at the very first chapter of the book and the very last chapter of the book, because it sort of bookends the entire book uh, with this idea. Uh, the first is Proverbs 1, 8 through 9. It says this, says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. They're, they're a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. So what do we see? We see a dad talking to his son. He's saying, listen, me and your mom, we've done this thing. We've, we've gone through life. We've messed up. We've made mistakes. We've got things right. And we have some advice to give you. We have knowledge that we want to impart on you. We want to help you. And if you just listen to us, if you just take this advice, you're going to avoid so much heartache. You're going to, you're going to avoid problems. This will be like fine garments to you. This will be like fine jewelry. Just wrap yourself in this, in this wisdom, in this advice we have for you. And then it ends with this. Proverbs 31.2 says, Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. And she goes on and she's got all sorts of advice after that. But my point is, it's a mom. It's the mom saying, listen, listen to me. I gave birth to you. I love you. I have things that I want to tell you that are going to help you. Please just listen. Listen to your father and I. Why parents? That's what it's about, right? It's about two parents telling their kid, we want to help you. What's that make you think of? It makes me think of my parents. I had really great parents. I got lucky. Not everybody's got great parents. I had great parents. Uh, I remember my mom when I was a kid laying in bed with me, and we would read books about dinosaurs. And she would sit there, and she would go through all the names of the dinosaurs, and she'd mispronounce them and try and get them right, because I love dinosaurs. There's no way my mom likes dinosaurs. My mom watches Lifetime and Hallmark. She does not like dinosaurs. She likes really bad movies that all end the same, but that's okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but for real. So she would sit there, and she'd read me these stories. We would read, like, other popular books at the time. But the thing that I remember is reading Bible stories. My mom would break out these little books, these little children's books. They were kind of simplified, dumbed-down versions of Bible stories. And they didn't give all the details, but they gave the gist of it. And I remember that. I remember hearing about Adam and Eve, and David and Goliath, and Moses, and fleeing the Pharaoh in Egypt, and the plagues. And I remember about Jesus, and Jonah and the whale, and all that. I remember all those stories. 
And I didn't get them entirely, but I remembered them. I remembered pieces of them. I latched on to it. And my mom, she would tell me, God loves you. God loves you. You need to, you need to remember that God, he, he cares about you. And if you listen to him, if you do what's right, he's always going to take care of you. Those things that he tells you are good. They're not bad. Do what's right. Don't do what's wrong. She instilled that basic morality in, me, morality in me and that understanding of how much God loves me at a young age. I think about my dad. My dad was into local politics. He ran for mayor at one point in time in my hometown, and uh, he cut hair. And so, I don't know if you know this, but when you cut hair, you're also like a licensed therapist or something like that. But like, you catch all the gossip going through town. And he heard it. He heard everybody talking about everything all the time. And one day, he kind of starts to piece together that there is a shady business deal going on among the local politicians in our hometown. And... He's talking one day just about how crazy it is because he would tell the same stories over and over and over again. And I'm sure he'd said it 20 times this day, but one of the guys in his chair is a state cop. And the next day, the state cop's back with two other cops. And he says, hey, Al, you mind uh, running that story by us one more time? Next thing my dad knows, he's been drugged into this major conspiracy in my hometown. And he gets urged by people to come forward and write an article in the newspaper about how it happened, who is involved, what's going on, what they've done that's illegal, when it happened, how it took place. And he lays all this out, and the local politicians eat him for dinner. They put out article after article about how my dad is a liar and how he is just trying to to corrupt things and distort things because he lost a race for mayor and now he's just upset about it, all this business. They, they run him through the ringer. And then a few years later, it all comes out that everything my dad said is 100% true. He had everything right. And it all goes down. It kind of gets dealt with. But the point is, in the midst of all that, my dad sits me down at like seven years old. And he looks at me and he's like, hey, listen, buddy. He's like, I'm trying to do something that's the right thing. And a lot of people hate me because of it. And he's like, and I just want you to know that you're probably going to go to school and you're probably going to have other kids talk about me and they're going to say really bad things about me and they're going to tell you your dad's a liar and that I'm a bad person, but I want you to know I'm doing the right thing and you don't have to be ashamed of me and you don't have to be ashamed to be my son because I'm doing the right thing and I want you to know that. And like in that moment, I'm like, what are you even talking about? Like, I haven't heard a word, you know, but like the fact that he's having to tell me this and I look back on that years later and it's like, my mom and dad didn't have like a perfect theology, you know? They didn't teach me all the perfect ins and outs of everything biblical, but they took what they knew from life and they took what they knew from the Bible and they instilled truth in me. And they instilled the, the understanding that it's not always easy to do the right thing. And it's, it's not always going to go well when you do the right thing, right? They taught me from their own experiences. And that's what the book of Proverbs is. It's a mother and a father going to their son and saying, we've got some life advice, so listen up. Here's what the book of Proverbs isn't. It's not a bunch of promises, okay? We can't read it that way. 
Because it's not just 100% of the time going to work out. It's not that when you do good, good things are always going to happen to you. It's not when you do bad, bad things are always going to happen to you. But it is the general rule of thumb. When you do good, generally good things are going to happen to you. When you do bad things, generally bad things are going to happen to you. There are exceptions. Proverbs is not focusing on those exceptions. It's focusing on the general way of things, the way that God has woven his justice into the world we live in, his wisdom. So that's kind of what they're doing, but how do they convey that message? How do these parents convey these messages? Well, one central theme is these two women in the story of Proverbs. Two women are at the heart of almost every piece of Proverbs, and it keeps coming back to them over and over again. And their names are Lady Wisdom and Madam Folly. And I want to take a look at a verse about Madam Folly. It doesn't name her by name, but it's talking about her. Proverbs uh, uh, 1, 8 through 9, is that right? Sorry, 7, 6 through 27, I'm just all over the place. Uh, So while I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was at twilight. In the evening, as deep darkness fell, the woman approached him, seductively dressed and sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She's often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look, she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. My bed spread with beautiful blankets, with Colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip. He's taken a wallet full of money with him and won't return until later this month. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once, like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap, waiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she's been the ruin of many, many men. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. What's that remind you of? Who is this? What's she like? Well, the first information we get here is that this guy is in the wrong part of town at the wrong part of day. It's night. It's late. And he knows who lives at that house. And she is an immoral woman. And everybody knows who she is because she's always out in public soliciting herself for other men. She is a prostitute. And he finds himself at her house when he shouldn't be there. It notes that he's foolish and he's unprepared, that he's not thinking right about this. And when he's in front of her house, she comes outside looking for him. She comes out and she throws her arms around him. And she tells him, I've been looking for you. It's you, you're finally here. And she kisses him and she says, come in. We can, we can lay here together all night, all morning. You can do whatever you want. My husband He's not going to be back until later in the month. So 
There's no cost. There's no problem. You don't have to worry about it. Nothing bad can happen to this. And she leads him to his death. What does that sound like? I think of Cain just after the Garden of Eden. Cain is mad at his brother Abel because the Lord approves of Abel's offering, but not Cain's offering. And Cain is plotting his brother's death. And God hears Cain's heart and he says, Cain, you be careful. He says, sin is right outside your door and it's waiting for you like a hungry, hungry animal. It wants to devour you. It wants to have its way with you. It goes on in other parts of the Bible. It says that the devil stalks about like a roaring lion looking for whomever he may consume. I think of the garden. I think of the serpent. When he looks at Adam and Eve, he says, wait, God said that you'll die if you eat this apple? No, you won't die. It'll be fine. There's no, there's no cost here. You're fine. Just eat it. You'll be like him. And then they do die. I think of Adam and Eve. They're much like the foolish young man. that They're standing by that tree in the garden when they have no business being by that tree. They know they can't eat from it. What are they doing? Just staring at it, wondering what it tastes like? They're not supposed to be there. How often are we the foolish man? That's the question, right? Let's go on. Proverbs 8, 12 through 21 and 32 through 36. This is about lady wisdom. Okay? It says this, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern and nobles, all who rule on earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasuries full. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. You see the difference? You see the difference in this woman? She's not like the other woman. First of all, she doesn't want you to be an idiot. She doesn't want you to be a fool. She doesn't want you in the wrong part of town at the wrong part of the day. She wants you to be like a king. She says, kings reign by me. Princes rule by me. All the good rulers and authorities, they do it by me. There's something beautiful about that, right? She doesn't want you to be unprepared. She wants you to be prepared in every situation. She wants to prepare you for the world. And here's the one that I think is the most interesting about wisdom. You remember Lady Folly? She runs out the front door because you're hanging out around her house. And she comes out and she finds you. And she throws her arms around you. And she starts whispering sweet nothings in your ear and enticing you because she's leading you off to your death. What's wisdom do? She says, no, I'm not coming after you. 
You come to me. You find me because I'm worth it. I'm worth chasing. I'm worth courting. I'm worth falling in love with because I love you. I am a beautiful woman. I am a good woman. Come to me. I will make you wise. I won't let you be a fool. I'll give you life. I'll teach you to love the Lord. You'll find blessing in him. But you've got to come to me. I'm not chasing after you. That's wild. Let me ask you a question, parents. Um, By those two uh, profiles of of wisdom, Lady Wisdom and and Madam Folly, um, those of you with sons, which of these two women would you like your son to end up with? 20-something-year-old guys, please don't answer. It's not always the proper one. But parents, really, though, right? There's only one answer. It's Lady Wisdom all day long. That's the wife material. That's the marriage material. That's the lady you want to end up with that's going to make you better. She's going to raise you up and make you into a a man of God. Ladies, it's Mr. Wisdom. It doesn't have to just be Lady Wisdom. The point is, who are you seeking? What do you want? Parents, let's switch it up. Of those two profiles, which parent are you? Are you Wisdom? Or are you folly? Are you instructing your children in the ways of God, in the truths of the world? Or are you stepping back and you're like, well, I don't want to make them hate me. I want to be their friend. And so you just kind of let the world do that part for you. Because folly will win every time. So who are you? Are you wisdom or are you folly as a parent? Let's switch it up again. We won't just pick on parents. Which child are you? Who are you? Who's your true parent? Who do you let lead you? Wisdom or folly? Who's got the reins on your life? Who have you handed those reins over to? Here's the reason I'm asking all this. It is, like I've said, it's so deeply ingrained into who we are. Not just as Christians, but as human beings. Have you ever stepped back and looked at the stories we tell? Right? Like, like look at, like, like, I didn't mention this one first service, but like Luke Skywalker, right? To be a Jedi, to walk by the light, to do what's right, to be selfless, right? Don't be like the Sith. Don't give in to the ways of your emotions because your emotions can, can be overwhelming and they can destroy you. Don't give in to hate, right? There's a little trace of that there. Think about like the grim fairy tales. Don't go trust sketchy women in the woods with candy. It's probably not candy. You know? Oversimplification, but you get it. What about like Native American stories about the two wolves that live in every man? That in every person's heart, there's a good wolf and there's a bad wolf. And the one that wins is the one that you feed. Which one are you going to starve? It's everywhere. It's in us. We can't escape it. Even those outside of Christianity know this truth. And here's the reason I'm asking all this. The reason I'm asking you, you know, who are you, is because Jesus cared about that too. So Jesus is in a scuffle with the Pharisees, as he often is. And he's annoyed, as he often is. And they're saying, we're sons of God. And he says this, in John 8, 42 through 47, he says, 
If God were your father, you would love me, for I've come here from God. I've not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Jesus is saying, you can tell that I have come from God because I act like God. I follow in my father's footsteps. I speak truth. I walk in righteousness. But you're liars. You're liars and you walk in ways of deceit and dishonesty. And your father is the devil. Do you see the similarities? Lady Wisdom, Madam Folly, God, the devil. What path are you on? Who's your father? Who is your true parent? Who's your mother? Is it Lady Wisdom slash God? Is it Satan, the devil, or Madam Folly? Whatever you want to call it, it goes by many names. The point is, there's two paths, just two. Only two. That's this whole image right here. You see the one side, and it's beautiful, and it's colorful. That's the kind of place you want to be. And then this one is dead. It's dead, and it leads to death. And the funny thing is, so often, that right side, that's a whole lot easier to walk down. And that's why we end up down it. Madam Folly, she's low-hanging fruit. She's instant gratification. It's not just all a sex metaphor, people. It's everything. It's everything. Every turn of your life, do you do the easy thing or do you do the right thing? Do you, do you grin and bear it when doing the right thing is going to cost you more than you'd like it to? The book of Proverbs is a map. And it's saying, here's a bunch of life advice. Take it or leave it. But when you listen to this, you're going to know which path you're on. When you hear my words, you're going to know if you're on the path of wisdom or the path to folly. And so my question to you today is a simple one. Which path are you on today? Which path are you on? Who are you? And you need to choose wisely. That's the big idea. I didn't even put it on the screen because you don't need it on the screen. You can remember that. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Make the right decision. Don't make the wrong decision. And here's the other thing. When Jesus was talking to those Pharisees, he said something really interesting to me. He said, you don't even hear the truth when I speak it because your father's the devil. He's the father of lies. So my question is, is God's word putting something on your heart today? Do you hear it? Do you hear the truth? Do you hear God calling for you? If you hear that, don't just lay that down. Don't just walk away from that and just act like that's nothing. It's no coincidence you hear that. That is God calling out to you. 
Elsewhere in the book of Proverbs, Lady Wisdom, she stands at the top of the city, at the highest part of the city, and she stands at the gate, and she calls out, and she says, all you come to me. And then she says, all of you fools come to me and seek me. You see what she's saying? She's like, I don't care if you're dumb, but you got to come here because I'll make you not dumb. God doesn't want you walking this path of death and darkness and destruction. There is a path of light and life and goodness. And this book lays it all out in the most simple, basic terms ever. The question is, which path are you on? Think about that. That's all. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.